Welcome to Roll to Metal, a Brindlewood Bay actual play murder mystery podcast. My name is Jonah Knight. This is produced by actualstorypodcasting.com. Now, a brief introduction to this episode. First, this scenario is called Dad Overboard. It is written by Jason Cordova. It is a classic. It is one of the very first mysteries that was released for Brindlewood Bay. It comes with the preview edition on DriveThruRPG, and soon enough it will come with the Kickstarter edition. And by the way, we are an affiliate of DriveThruRPG. If you'd like to pick up a copy of Brindlewood Bay or any other game on the site, use the link in our show notes. You would really be helping us out. Is there really a good way to say that? Not sure I can find a more organic way to slip that in. But moving on. Next, Dad Overboard is the new first mystery in the Roll to Metal campaign. When we originally did the Bookstore of Murder, the goal for this podcast was that it would be closer to an audio drama than it would be to an unedited game session. And because of that, Bookstore of Murder has almost no discussion of the rules or of how to play. And there's even a moment where I get a rule wrong and then give bad advice. And that's just not going to work. So Dad Overboard now is a slight prequel to what we've done so far. It is taking place a few months before the Bookstore of Murder and documenting the first time that our murder mavens came together to solve a murder. And it is a much better entry point to Brindlewood Bay and to Roll to Metal. The Bookstore of Murder still kicks off the bulk of the campaign, but there may or may not be some foreshadowing here. Plus it's fun. Plus it's kind of an origin story. Okay, let's go. Hi, I'm Mary Stack, and I play Georgie Sullivan, born and raised Brindle Bayan, retired history teacher and owner of the local yarn store, Knitwit Haven. I just want to spread the love of knitting and solve crime with my friends. Hi, I'm Willa Wilson, and I play Renette Bollinger, retired costumer of stage and screen, living it up like a friggin' queen. You know, I just want to live out my retirement, lifting people up, making some beautiful, uh, beautiful garments and just bring in, uh, bring in some positivity into the world. I'm Holland Lane Curtis and I play Birdie, a lover of scones, music and town menace of Brindlewood Bay. Uh, you will likely find her in the mornings sending hate emails to her ex-husband or terrorizing the coffee shops. Okay, they're not listening. This is Roll to Metal, an actual play campaign based on the tabletop role-playing game Brindlewood Bay by Jason Cordova. Bertie, Renette, and Georgie don't know what they're in for, but I can let you in on a secret. These ladies are about to encounter a series of peculiar murders. At first, it may seem that they will solve the murder of the week and move on, but that is not what is about to happen. As they meddle about various crime scenes from time to time, they will discover a different kind of clue. A clue that will lead them towards a darker conspiracy. But you don't need to worry about that for now. We will just follow their antics and remember these happier times in the future. If you would like to help, consider writing a review, sharing a link, telling a friend, or visiting us at actualstorypodcasting.com. Okay? Let's go. It's late Thursday afternoon, and here you all are in Brindlewood Bakes Pies and Cakes for your very first book club meeting. Who was it that suggested that the five of you get together and talk about Robin Masters' Amanda Delacorte series, The Gold Crown Mysteries? I'd say maybe I went into... Uh... Uh, I was, uh, at Georgie's shop the one time, uh, we got to talking about it and, uh, thought about, uh, starting a book club and, uh, Birdie was there also and jumped in on that. Come on, help me out. Help me we out. I'm, stra- I'm drowning over here. <laughs> All kind of realized we liked the same books and the same genre mm-hmm. and thought, yeah. Hey, we, you know, let's get together. We have some time. What a fun way to sp- spend an afternoon. Yeah. I do think um, that initially 
Bernie was lying about having read them. She just wanted to seem like she knew what she was talking about. Whether or not that was obvious to the others, I'll leave that up to you. Um, But she was definitely weirdly interested in joining the club anyway. And then by the time the first meeting came around, she definitely read most of the series. Not that she would ever admit that it happened in a Oh yeah, no, nobody, nobody knows. Nobody needs to know that. Nobody knows. No, no, not a not a soul. But yeah, uh, it was at Georgie's shop that uh, Renette and Georgie uh, got to talking about uh, the the series, and uh, Birdie kind of just uh, uh, kind of barged in on our conversation. Yeah. In- inserted myself yeah, into inserted, the conversation as I walked right on in there. Mm-hmm. Um, we figured, well, there's three of us who seem to be invested in this, so let's uh, let's all get together and talk about books. There's that new bakery. Let's get some stuff. I do love scones. Well, Brenda Wood Bakes Pies and Cakes has fantastic scones. They have a they have a pretty wide selection, actually. It's not just pies and cakes. Now, whether you like them or not, I don't know. But they have a pretty great selection. Roll for scones. <laughs> They're a little dry. Can you just can you make another batch for me while I'm here? I'll be here for a bit. You just let me know, and I'll pay for that one. Well, Christina says to you, Bertie, uh, we're actually out of the ingredients today. You know that tourist season is over. This is our last day open for the season, and then we'll be closed again until June. So you can't make me more scones is what you're saying. I will... In June, I will absolutely uh-huh. make you more scones. I'm, uh-huh. I'm sh- it was a it was a great season for our first year, and um, I'm sure that we're going to be open again. Mm. But yeah, and no, that's fine, fine. I can be reasonable. I'll just eat this dry scone, and I'll be totally reasonable. And you won't even have to worry about me. I won't say another thing. Eventually, that sort of settles. And it is going on almost uh, almost three o'clock. You know that the the place does close at three, but luckily you've just you finished up your conversation about this pretty fantastic Amanda Delacourt book. What was the title of the book that you talked about at book club today? That was the um, the door of delusion. Right. Yeah, the door of delusion. And Flossie says. This was so much fun. I had a great time with with you all today. I I've loved these books forever and I'm so glad to finally be able to talk about them with people as passionate about them as I am. And she takes her phone out and says, "Have I shown you my new kittens? I I've, I've started adopting kittens." And she starts to pass her phone around to show the three of oh, you. How how many? Oh, there's a there's a basket of 5. Oh, so you oh, just like willy come in baskets. No, I, I, I did supply the basket. But look oh. at this one. Look at this one. She's got the cutest little circles around her eyes. Oh, okay. That oh, is precious. That's, that's actually so precious. kind of cute, that, I guess. That is, oh. that's, that's really warm in my heart over here. Oh, my God. Oh, I just want to... Like, if I, if, if I had to pick an animal, I guess it would be a cat. Oh, my goodness. They're tiny little feet. Oh. They melt my heart. So I, I think I, I have to get back and the, as as much fun as this was, I, I have to get back to my okay. My, but before my you basket do that, kittens. Before you do that, I need to, you to tell me all of their names. Okay, I need you to tell them all of <laughs> all of their names right now, right, right now, now, Jonah. I mean, Flossie. Right there's now. there's oh sure. Well, this one is is Paul. Mm-hmm. One. The, this one is is Mr. Lennon. That's two. This is George. Three. And this is um, Stargirl. Four. And this one's Daphne. That, 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 yeah, that's five. I'm so glad you didn't say Ringo because I was going to say that my car is named Ringo and therefore really? nothing else can be named. Yes. Yeah, one of them would have had to change. One I, of them would have had to change. Oh, I but didn't thankfully, know. Thankfully, yeah. Wow, because I'm... I've been a huge Beatles fan ever oh. since I saw them back when they first came to America on their on their first oh, like, tour. Oh, when when they first came to America. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You saw them on their first tour. 
I did. Yes. Oh, I totally yes. believe that. Wow. You must be old. Ooh. Oh, I've seen some things. I've seen some things. You look it. <laughs> <laughs> and Kushi says, I agree. This was this was an amazing conversation. And I hope that we continue on, although it looks like we're going to need to find a new location, um, at least for for the winter since Brindlewood Bakes Pies and Cakes is going to be closing. Which is fine because their scones are kind of dry. Oh, this is Cushy. I thought they were, I thought they were, I thought they were good. Were they really dry? I didn't. I they didn't were absolutely them. perfect. I mean, this one was a little dry. Maybe it was just mine. Oh, I have to personally get going because I, ladies, I have a hot date tonight. Oh, so, mm-hmm. spilled it, spilled the tea, oh, sister, well. I believe is what the youths are saying. Spill the tea, sister. Uh, it's a little early. If all goes well, I will, I will have many stories to tell next time we meet, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a little early. It's a right. little early. I look forward. I I'm going to need to hear all the details eventually when you're comfortable, Sharon, as many of them as you can, as quickly as possible, but like whenever you're comfortable. And the five of you have gathered up your things and you're headed out of the store and onto the sidewalk downtown. Cushy and Flossy bid you adieu and go off to their cars to to spend their evenings with with cats and hot dates and as the three of you are there together on the street not too far away from the harbor you can see what looks like um a little girl in a police officer's uniform pacing back and forth looking very distraught what is is it it's not halloween yet is it is that kid doing in costume I don't know, but I I feel like she looks pretty upset. Maybe we should go see what's happening. Yeah, maybe she's lost. Hey, little girl. Hey, kid. <laughs> and she turns as though she's looking around for uh, for someone, and then notices the three of you behind her. And as you've gotten a little bit closer to her, you're like, oh, this isn't necessarily a little 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 child. This is just a little adult woman. Oh, um, <laughs> oh! now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> and but she does still look distraught. And oh, as, at this at this distance, you can see it. This is like an actual police uniform. Oh, and she says, yes, can I can I help you? Was there anything I can do for you? Oh, um, officer, what seems to be the problem, officer? Can I help you? I'm I'm not sure. I'm I was waiting for someone and I have to go out. I have to go out to that boat and she points out over the bay and you can see a pretty big yacht tied up at the edge of the harbor, not actually pulled in, but out into the river. And she says, but I, I can't go until, oh, there he is. There he is. And the three of you do recognize Mr. Croce, the manager from uh, the local grocery store, mm. sort of like bustling up to her. Okay, officer, um, I took the body and I put it in our in our fish freezer as soon as the they come to get it, uh, we'll just we'll move the walleye and the bullet heads, and um, and then we'll pass the body along uh, when you're ready to collect it. But um, we've got it on ice now, so hopefully that'll um, that'll help for now. Okay, so this is some disturbing stuff I'm hearing, and Renette has very little filter. So, um, hey, uh, what's going on? Is there a body? Has something happened? And Mr. Croce looks up to the three of you and says, "Oh, yeah, we're right here." Um, hmm. You know, uh, there there might be a body, but it's very hygienic. I mean, you already fish... said there was. Wait, are you mm. in the fish? Do you have it on ice in your freezer? Yes, but we wrapped a tarp around the body so it won't uh-huh. get into the fish. So the fish is still okay. You're going to sell you the come... fish. You're going to sell the fish that have been keeping a, a dead human company. Well, she pulls her grocery yeah. list out of her purse and crosses out fish, puts it back in her purse. <laughs> That's a good call, Not Georgie. today. <laughs> Not today. Well, uh, it, it should be fine. It's all wrapped up, and um, it's it was it was still pretty cold when it, we got, and it just get cold. Okay, I just wanted to deliver that. Um, so thanks, officer. Uh, we've got it for you as soon as as soon as you're ready to come collect the body, and um, and Mr. Croce kind of smiles awkwardly and then bustles away. Have fun with that health code violation. The also, fish are fine. The fish are fine. They're not. <laughs> also, who who's dead? And the police officer looks back to the three of you and says, you haven't heard? No. 
No, we just know apparently you can't trust the fish in this town. Uh, we were in a very well, important business meeting, but do go very on. Important. Yeah. I guess um, the millionaire philanthropist um, Albert Krauss. I guess he, he had a- someone. No, 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 no. He died. He didn't kill oh. anyone. He just died. Oh, okay, okay. Weird. I it's, thought you were going in different, but oh, sad. Aw. Yeah. Um, you may all have heard of Albert Krauss, but one of you certainly has a previous relationship with one of his three children. There's Sarah, who's in her late 30s. There is David, who's in his mid-30s and owns an art gallery in Boston. And there's Emily, who's still in her 20s and is still a college student. But one of you ha- has had a number of visits with one of those three kids. I should say that they're not local, okay. that they are definitely New York, Boston Krauses. All right. Oh, Renette. Yeah, that, that might be that might be a Renette thing, especially if uh, any of them are in the arts. Um, if any of them have worked with any uh, any theaters, I might have done some costuming for them. Uh, if they ever consulted on a on a big movie, I may have been on that team as well. Well, then you may have been introduced to David, who a few years ago opened an art gallery in Boston that has gotten some pretty good renown. He's not a designer. He's definitely the money behind the art and has been known to sponsor a number of visual artists. Yeah. So we've probably met through functions like that back when back when I was still an active costumer in, uh, you know, in the stage and screen industry, kind of a big deal. The little police officer girl looks up and says, oh, you know him? Um, I don't think I've actually had the pleasure of uh, making me, my acquaintance with uh, Albert, uh, but one of his kids, David, I've definitely, um, you know, I, we, we've, he's, a, he's a good kid, very uh, good eye for art, even if he doesn't do it himself. Uh, you know, he knows where to, where to put his funds. We've worked a little bit together. Wow. You know, we're, all, we're in the industry. I actually, well, he's, he's on the yacht now. I have to go interview them about the accident. Do they know? Yeah, you, they, okay, they know. Okay, they know. Okay, so you're not, you're not the one going to be the one to tell them that's going on. No, no, they, um, we got a call yesterday. We got a call yesterday that he had gone missing. And then this morning they found, they found him in, in the St. Lawrence River, right? And then and someone their first instinct was to put him in a fish freezer. Well, that no, that was me because I didn't oh, know what to do with that him. That was your call. Yeah, I didn't know where he, what to. This is my first day. Oh, okay, um, I uh huh. Yeah, of training. Um, oh, oh, you poor thing. Yeah, the sheriff is on vacation, so I'm oh, just I'm sort of training myself. To, to tra- you're training yourself. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I have. Hmm. And she pulls out a a, a manual from her pocket. Mm. And she says, this is, this is the rule book. And, um, and she sort of starts flipping through and she said, I couldn't find anything about what to do. If you find a body, I asked Mr. Croce, if we could just put him in the freezer. And he said, that's okay. You know, if there's nothing in the manuals about what to do when you find a body, Mm -hmm. I've got a wonderful body of work to recommend to you with plenty of suggestions. Might I introduce you to um, Robin Masterson's Amanda Delacourt Gold Crown Mysteries series? It's amazing. Uh, The three of you like mysteries? Certainly. Yes. They're just to die for. Oh, we have a book. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Too soon. Honestly, too soon. I mean, I didn't know him, but it feels like too soon. Like, I feel like in bad company, I would have said that and it would have been like a... You know, people would like, anyway, continue. What were you saying? I mean, it sounds like since the three of you are familiar with police work, since you, ma'am, you you actually know one of the family members. I've never interviewed anyone before. I can't find where the instructions are in the manual. And maybe if you three wouldn't mind, would you? Would it be okay if you came with me? Yeah, um, we're happy to take, uh, at least for myself, I'm happy to... Uh, to be brought on as a consulting detective okay. uh, for this case. I, however we can. Okay. I, I don't know if I can officially make you official deputies, but. Um, no, I think you just can do that whenever. Oh, if it's not in the manual that you can do it. You can literally you probably just can. write it in. Yeah. She's, she stops flipping through the manual again. Uh, it might yeah, be in see, here. There's that write in section, the oh. notes section in the back. You can just. Yeah. The notes are for the rules that you make for yourself. 
Georgie does not know how to react to what they are saying right now. <laughs> she, as a habit, as an adult, has not, uh, has given up her rule-breaking ways. Don't worry, we'll fix that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll give it some time. Yeah. And this officer says to the three of you, well, well this, is, this will be great. Um, my name's Fern, and you call me um, officer or deputy, deputy. I'm not uh, officer, I'm, I'm deputy, I'm deputy Fern. Now. All right, Deputy Fern, mm. lovely to meet you. I'm Renette. Hello. I'm Birdie. And I'm Georgie. It's nice to meet all three of you. If it's okay, I think I was supposed to be there about two hours ago. Do you mind if we if we continue talking as we go to the boat? Oh yeah, let's let's run along. Let's go solve some mysteries. Soon enough, the four of you are on Wari's tour boat. And Wari departs from the harbor aiming towards this yacht and Fern is able to give you just a little bit of information as you are on your way. I guess what they said was that, um, so what's today? Today's Thursday. So I guess two days ago or maybe one day ago or maybe three days. Ago, I don't How do you, um, cause it was uh, maybe Tuesday night or Wednesday morning or something. Mr. Kraus, Mr. Albert Kraus went missing. Uh, and they assumed that he was, some I don't know. So he was somewhere on their boat or their yacht because I guess it's it's pretty big. You can see it's pretty big. And so they at first I guess they thought that he was just there and they couldn't find him. But then they realized he wasn't there. And then they called and said that he wasn't there. His wife Amanda Kraus is on board and the three kids, and that's all. So I guess it was. It sounds like it was just an accident that maybe he just fell off the boat or something. And then we found him. And then um, so that's all. So I just have I have um. Some things I need to ask, and she pulls out another notebook, and she's like, "Okay, I have, I have questions that I'm required to ask them, but since it was just an accident, then it's probably just fine." Well, we don't know it was an accident, and you're not suspicious at all that it could be anything else. I mean, it's this is a fancy like a uh, rich person, so that just draws suspicion just by his whole existence. Well, millionaire he... philanthropist. I mean, that's probably has a lot written into his will. Well, sure, but that's why it's an accident, right? Because if you're that rich, then nobody would do anything, right? Oh, I mean, he's probably... I don't think I'm... that's how it works. Uh, oh. I've watched a lot of procedurals in my time. Okay. And a but... lot of... It's, you know, it's always about the money. That's a big motive. Really? <laughs> I, always I... money or love. Mm-hmm. Money? Sometimes oh, both. Oh. oh. She writes mm-hmm. down money, and then on the next line, she writes down love. It's like this is this is very helpful. I'm glad mm-hmm. I'm glad you're here. Are those two drugs? I think that ties. You don't in have to write both. that one down. Oh, that's drugs, just from personal experience. They might that might tie into money. It could tie into money. That's like if we were making if we were just to brainstorm and we listed out two categories. Mm-hmm. If only I had a whiteboard. If one category were money and one category would love were love, I would say that drugs might be a sub bullet under money. Correct. Money. Okay. Right. Money, money, drugs, but not love drugs. You don't think I mean, okay. Some they people might use certain drugs to uh as like a substitute for uh for an emptiness they feel inside from a lack of love. Um so you what? know it can get complicated. This could also be a Venn diagram sort of situation. That's true. We have to keep in mind that Kesha song, too. <laughs> you know what? That was a good point, Bertie. We do need to Thank you. always keep in mind the wise words of Kesha. Of Kesha. Yes. Kesha. Wari pulls her boat up alongside the back of the yacht. And now that you're this close to it, this is a very big boat. And there are probably many people that would be offended if you called it a boat. But there is a man there. That is wearing a tuxedo. He looks like he might be in his 50s. He's wearing a little bow tie. And he waits until the boat, your, your boat gets close enough and he starts tying it off. And then Wari jumps out and starts to attach it to the back of the yacht. And eventually this man, who looks like he's dressed an awful lot like a butler, uh, puts a plank across, offers to help each of you step from Wari's tour boat onto the back of this yacht. Welcome aboard, all all of you, okay, and you're you're the police. You're the police, and you're here. Yep. All right. All of us. We have all three of us been deputized as of now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, my name is Mr. Andrew. I'm the family 
butler, but I, I like to think of myself as, as a part of the family. And then Wari says, well, I'm just waiting here. I'm not going on. I'll just wait here. And Deputy Fern says, okay, then you wait here. And I guess we're here to talk with the family. They're all waiting upstairs. If I could guide you up to them, they're up on the Sky Lounge deck. This is the lower deck. You can see the six bedrooms and the lounge down through this doorway here. One of you sees something you see something through the door of the lounge that reminds you that these people have way too much money. Who sees something? What do you see down here? I think it's a full-scale replica of the Titanic, uh, but fully in gold, like like full gold. Mr. Andrew guides you up the staircase, and he says, this is our main deck. As you can see, here's the jacuzzi. Through there's the formal dining room. Past that is the galley, and then the observation deck. Who sees something around here that strikes you as a ridiculous way to spend your money? It, it hidden in the corner, the trash bins, the rubbish bins, are diamond studded all around, like Swarovski crystals. You throw your used tissues into a bucket of Swarovski crystals and diamonds. And there are a lot of them. Oh, mm -hmm. God, that's a lot of used tissues. And then Mr. Andrew guides you up onto the upper deck, or as we like to call it, the Sky Lounge. As you can see, this is where we do the casual dining. Formal dining is, of course, downstairs. And then past the formal dining area is the open-air barbecue center. I believe there is a brisket that is uh, eight hours in right now. And then beyond that is the captain's bridge. And as you can see, we have some decks. But the family is just through here. They're in the casual dining area. What do you see up here that tells you all that you need to know about the Kraus family? Oil painting, family portraits, just everywhere of individual family members, ones of them together, ones of them with a family dog. Just um, they've commissioned all of these paintings with their extravagant wealth. And Mr. Andrew guides the four of you into the casual dining area. But the only person who is in here must be Amanda Krause, the wife. She's the only one in the room. Her face is red. Her eyes are a little puffy and it looks like she's been pacing. And she looks up when you all enter. And Mr. Andrew says, the police are here, ma'am. She steps forward and says, oh, it's about time. We've been here. We've, I don't know. I, we, we are behind schedule. We're just, we're very far behind schedule. And we have to go. Can we just, can we move this along? We just have to move on with our lives. There are now things that we have to attend to. We have to, I have to plan a funeral now. And I was not planning for that. So if we could just do this and then move on, that would be, that'd be wonderful. Where are the police? And Fern raises her hand. I, I'm, I'm, my name is um, Deputy Fern and I'm here. She looks down at her notes to do the, um, the interviews. Are your, your children here? And Amanda says, there's somewhere on the yacht. Let's just get this over with. Let's just get this over with. And Fern says, okay, um, well, then we can start. The actual questioning should probably be a little private. Maybe if, if the three of you could find the others and maybe let them know that I'll be ready to talk to them soon. Yeah, of course. We can We can investigate the boat and uh, find the, um, the other family members and anyone else who might be skulking about. That'd be great. I, I really appreciate that. I really right appreciate now. that. Yeah, now take good notes on this interview in case there's something suspicious. Okay, okay. Then she looks up and says, oh, my, my pen is out of ink. Could I borrow a pen? Is there anyone with a pen? Uh, can I roll for a pen? Do you normally carry? You were just at book club meeting. Well, I was just at a book club book club meeting and Renette, Renette takes notes. She always plans to take notes, but then just uses her writing utensil to gesture broadly yeah so you have a pen or a pencil you have the writing implement that you would normally have i've got a blue pen and i have a red pen i have a green pen that is out of ink i like red could i borrow the red could i borrow your red pen go ahead yeah here you go do whatever wow. you need thank you i love this one this is this is my favorite kind of pen i'm glad i'm glad you have that in your life mr andrew beckons the three of you out of the casual dining room um, a little bit uh, towards the front, towards the open air barbecue center. And he says, the Krause children are still here. To be honest, I'm not sure. There, there's so many nooks and crannies. I don't know where they might have been. 
where, where they might have gotten off to. Can I get the three of you champagne? Or is there a drink I can make for you while you're visiting? Yes. Uh, no, we are. Um, you see, we are uh, working with the police. So we probably I'm just a consultant. be drinking so... on the job. But you know what, Brody? I'm not going to I'm not going to stop you from living your life. From when... my own water, but thank you. <laughs> okay, now it's weird because like I immediately said yes and you guys said no. And now I feel like I'm being judged. So I'm not going to do that. Um, thank you so much for your probably super expensive and delicious champagne, but I'm going to have to pass. Well, um, all the rooms have a little intercom and he shows you to the intercom. And if you need me for anything, you just push the white button. And then when you're done speaking, you press the black button. And if there's an emergency of any kind, you push the red button, white button to talk, black button to finish, red button in case of an emergency. Is there any, is there anything else that I can do for the three of you at this time? I mean, I'll, we'll probably have some questions for you later um, once we've, you know, uh, gotten a better idea of what's going on on this boat. Uh, you know, uh, thank you for uh, being so accommodating. Certainly. I will be in the galley if you need anything. Where are the buttons? Right here on the intercom. See, uh-huh. ma'am, right this way. Uh-huh. Uh, white button to speak. Uh-huh. Black button when you have finished speaking. Red button in case of an emergency. Uh-huh. I press the red button. A siren goes off. Oh. Yep. And then lights start flashing. And That's he steps helpful. he steps forward and says and pushes the red button again and says, okay. And then if you accidentally press the red button, press it a second sorry. time and the alarm will stop. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry. I just want to make sure that it was working. You know, very important. You know, that was like I, I say that was actually a pretty important test because uh, you know what? With what's happened, if some if yeah. the siren hadn't been working, that would have been a uh, that would have been an issue. Do people press it accidentally often, or almost never? Almost, almost never. never. Almost Anything never. recently? Because like, you know how these parties can get, you know, yacht hmm. parties and all that. The past couple of days. It sounds like you might be meddling. Am I? Yeah, <laughs> I can meddle. Here's how the meddling move works. When you search for a clue, conduct research, or otherwise gather information, describe how you're doing so, and roll with an appropriate ability. The abilities are vitality, composure, reason, presence, and sensitivity. If you roll a six or less, you do not find a clue. On a seven to nine, you do find a clue, but there is a complication. Ten or above, you find the clue without a complication, and if you roll a natural 12, then you also find a void clue. More on that later. So what is the ability that you are using as you roll the meddling move? It's most likely uh, presence or reason. I'm trying to seem very nonchalant, bringing this up, using charisma. So maybe presence. Sounds good to me. What is your modifier? Uh, Plus one. Roll 2d6 and add plus one. That is a 10. Mr. Andrew says, come to think of it, last night, the alarm did go off briefly, but it stopped almost immediately. Maybe a few days ago, it went off as well when we first brought the the yacht into the St. Lawrence River because we had to ship it from the ocean for this excursion. I would say maybe three or four times on this vacation has the alarm gone off, all accidentally. So it, it has gone off a few times. Oh, gotcha. Just so I can, like, corroborate on stories and stuff, do you remember who it was that pressed those buttons? Because I'm sure you have to, like, come in and check, even if it's an emergency, right? Mm, Oh, of course, of course. Or even if it's cancelled or whatever. Of course. I believe the first one was uh, Mrs. Krause. Uh The second one one was Mrs. Krause. The third one was deactivated pretty quickly, and by the time I arrived... The library downstairs was empty, so I'm not sure who must have pushed that one. And then last night when it went off and then it it sounded and then went off right away, uh, I came up to the upper deck to the Sky Lounge, if you will, to check. And there was also no one here. Gotcha. So last night, the super accidental one was Sky Lounge. And then the other one or two were the library. Yes, one was in the library, and then the two from Mrs. Krause. One was in the um, the formal dining room, and one was in the lounge. Gotcha. Yes. All right. 
Thank you. Um, that is really helpful because, you know, I don't want to like accidentally press anything and then make you have to come running for no reason. I will be in the galley if any of you need me. And he bows. And as he backs out and walks away, Bertie, you notice that one of these diamond studded trash cans seems to have a small bundle of papers in it. How odd I go over and I look at whatever is in the trash can that is encrusted with diamonds. Georgie and Renette. Birdie is going through the trash can. Mm-hmm. And? This is normal mystery <laughs> shit. They know. Yeah, they got is, it. This is, you know, this is step one of mysteries. Birdie, you take out a fairly thick stack of receipts. It looks like someone has bundled them together with a rubber band. There are one dozen, perhaps two dozen receipts here. And a quick flip through them shows them to be at very high-end stores and shows them to be, gosh, thousands, thousands of dollars here. Thousands of dollars on, on each receipt. Well, certainly all together, and some of the receipts do have more than one thousands of dollar marked on them. All right. Um, does it have like a credit card name anywhere on one of the receipts? Yes. Uh, the credit card is for Mr. Albert Kraus. And just a quick glancing through shows that many of these are for clothes. Many of these are for women's clothing, but not all of them. So, oh, this one's for a car. Looks like someone put a car on a credit card. Oh, some house furnishings from some high-end stores. This is quite a bit. I show my prize to the girls. Um, and I think, uh, while well, like handing it to one of them, I uh, say, I find it interesting that uh, the night he went missing, there was just a sudden emergency button thing. I think that's a bit suspicious. I'm already a bit suspicious of his wife uh, because she seems to like want to get the show on the road. And also she was the one that pressed the button accidentally twice, perhaps Mm. to see how quickly she needed to turn it off in order for it to sound as an emergency. But again, that might just be, you know, mystery brain talking. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's hard to tell because people grieve in different ways and she's probably still in shock. So we don't want to know. We, we don't really know for sure if she's acting strange or suspicious, but it sure. is good to keep an eye out. And here the three of you are in the open-air barbecue center. This roast brisket smells quite tasty. What would you like to do? Where would you like to go? Um, I'm not hanging around the brisket, because with the image of, um, of that dead body being stored next to fish, the concept of eating any kind of meat product is a little bit abhorrent to my brain oh yeah i get that i get that you don't know where that's been we could go uh look at the rooms and the areas where the alarms were sounded yeah definitely see if we can find any of the any of the kids so you make your way back to the stairs at the back of the yacht go downstairs to the main deck which is the middle floor past this jacuzzi built for 10 here in the formal dining room, Ronette, you recognize David. All right. He's in his mid-30s. He's wearing some very avant-garde clothing. Looks like David Byrne is a big influence on his fashion sense. And he looks up uh, curious as the three of you enter. And then he recognizes you. A smile comes across his face. He says, wow, Ronette. David. How long has it been? And he oh, opens his arms. I go in for a hug, you know, uh, cautiously, because it's good to be to to be talking to an old uh, co-worker. But also, I know this is a, a weird time, but I, I'll take that hug. Yeah, and it's not a very tight hug. It's a very like, oh, there are people watching. Let's hug sort of hug. So it's, it's light. It's more of like surrounding you with his arms and then lightly patting you on the back. Mm-hmm. What are you doing here? Well, I uh, I live in this town now. Um, I'm actually doing some some help with the local police right now. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's a change. I mean, you know, I'm I'm retired, so I just help helping out where I can. You know me. So so you're here because of my father, I expect. 
Yeah, yeah. we um, we we tagged along with the new uh, deputy of police, and uh, we're helping them uh, conduct some interviews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sorry. It's an absolute tragedy. Well, it, it sure is something. I guess some people will say tragedy. I mean, I never knew him, but yeah. Well, I, mean, I know you. Yep. You probably got the better end of that deal. I don't know. Uh, can I get you anything? Oh, should I call and get you all a drink? We have some champagne. Can oh, I get no, you all? We've already been offered that by Mr. Andrew. We're, it's, we're fine. We're, we're okay. good. Here, have a seat. These couches, these seating, the seating area here looks pretty, pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Very soft and plush, yet good for your back at the same time. Oh, that's the good stuff. Yeah, Renette's gonna gonna take that couch, make it her own. Do all of you want to settle in for this conversation, Georgie, Bertie? Do you have other plans? I uh, open up more to you alone because of your relationship. So I think it would make sense if Georgie and Bertie just moved along to a different location. Seeing that the two of you are not see- sitting as well, I know it can be kind of a maze in here sometimes. Were you looking for anything in particular? Or, uh, oh, can if I... you could point us in the direction of the library, that would be just delightful. Oh, easy. So you go through that door there. If you bear to the right and pass the, uh, the bathroom, then you'll find yourself the library right there. It overlooks the front of the, the ship. And then if you go to the left, that's the galley. So right through that door... Right to the bathroom, then the library. To the left is the galley. As Georgie and Bertie exit, Renette, you are here with your old friend. Yeah. So, David, how how have you been? Even with all of this, uh, this nonsense, this craziness, how's how how are you doing? Well, before this week, I was doing pretty great. I don't know if you heard, but the gallery has really taken off. Yeah, I've I've been uh, keeping up with it. Uh, you always had such a good eye. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I made some um, some strategic investments early on in uh, a handful of artists. We've been promoting them nonstop. And now we're getting their works into into some pretty impressive galleries in Europe. So I think I've really made something for myself. Yeah. And you're really making a difference for, you know, bringing these wonderful artists and sharing their work with people. It's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, everything's been going fantastic until this weekend. You know, I've never can't stand being in the room with my father for any length of time, but he insisted that we all come on this, this trip for some reason. I understand family obligations. It's hard to avoid, but sometimes you're, you're forced to, to hunger down and struggle through it. People don't really think about this, but, um, after my father, I suppose, got so drunk that he fell off the edge of the boat. None of us really know how to captain this boat. We were able to get here and then drop the anchor, mostly because of Mr. Andrew. But now we just have to wait for another captain to come in. I don't know. I, th- I think that we should just, just disembark and take a plane back. I don't need to stay with this this yacht anymore. That is really wild. So you think you think he just got really drunk and fell off was he Uh, much of a drinker oh oh huge drinker ah huge drinker gosh i guess i went to bed uh, a little before midnight and he was still up he was still upstairs on the on the on the upper deck so i assume that's what happened he was already well into his cups when i called it a night yeah but he was he's the only one who knew how to captain the boat so i mean i don't know about him but you know, even drunk, I can sew a straight line with my eyes closed. I don't know if that that applies to every every skill. I don't know. Uh, yeah, a big smile comes across his face and say, "Yeah, well, you're a professional. He is not a professional. Ah. You know, you get enough money, you think you can do anything." Oh yeah, don't I know it? I've worked with a lot of Hollywood hotshots with uh with just the the dumbest ideas. They're so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> David, some people are so dumb. Oh, you don't have to tell me. I know I don't. <laughs> you don't I have know. to tell me. But I don't know. So you think you're moving into police work? Do you have any? Um, I'll tell you what. Practice on me. Yeah, ask me whatever whatever you want. I'll... All right. Um, what were you doing like around the time that uh, that you think the event occurred? 
It sounds like you want to meddle. Yeah, I am trying, trying, to... trying real hard to meddle. <laughs> what is the ability that you are using with your metal roll? I would like to use presence because, uh, you know, I'm going off of my my natural charisma and my uh, my history with this with this uh, with this man. You know, our wonderful banter and uh, and our shared interests in the arts. Also, uh, my stylish outfit. He's got a stylish outfit. I've got a stylish outfit. You know, there's a kinship there that might, you know, provide a little bit of uh, something extra, a little bit of advantage. Roll away. Yeah. That's a nine. And he sort of leans forward and says, okay, confidentially. Yeah. It was not a good evening. He brought us all here to make some big show about revealing what he called some some secrets and finally getting secrets out on the table. But he wouldn't tell us what they were. So, of course, I believe that he just made all of this up, but it just started a huge row among the whole family. You know, Emily was screaming, and Emily never screams, and my Sarah just cried the whole time, and, and Mom just threw things. I don't know how it resolved. I went to bed a little before 12, a little before midnight, and all of them were still awake, still ranting. But luckily, they were all on the upper deck. They were all in the sky lounge, and the rooms were on the lower deck, so they're fairly well soundproofed, so I didn't hear much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one of them, I mean, if anyone has a better idea of what, what happened, it would be one of them, probably. Mm-hmm. Anyone who would, who would have been awake at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind? I know you said you didn't want to drink, but I'm just... Do you mind if I ring Mr. Andrew and get myself something? Oh, please. You do whatever it is, whatever it is you need to do. And I can't get you anything? No champagne? No, I'm fine. I'm okay. fine. Thank you for offering, though. Well, David gets up, turns his back to you a little bit while he goes and talks into the intercom to Mr. Andrew to request some champagne. Mm-hmm. And you can see... On the couch where he had been sitting, there is an authentic, massive diamond earring. Um, I would like to, to snatch it, if I may. You rolled a nine. You get the sense that if you want to try to snatch it, you might have to roll again to not be seen. All right. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So that sounds like a day move. Does sound like that, doesn't it? Here's how the day move works. When you do something risky or face something you fear, name what it is you're afraid will happen if you fail or lose your nerve, then roll with an appropriate ability. A zero to six means this is not going to go very well at all. You will definitely get caught. The thing that you fear will happen. On a seven to nine, the keeper will let you know how your actions will leave you vulnerable, and then you can choose to either back down or to go through with it anyway. If you roll a 10 or above, you do what you intended to do, then describe what it looks like. If you roll a 12 or more, you do what you intended to do, and there's some kind of extra benefit or advantage that you receive. The day move is a catch-all move for actions that take place during the day. What do you think would happen if you fail and he sees you trying to snatch this diamond earring? He'll uh, probably think I'm trying to steal something instead of just, you know, looking for clues. Accuse me of, of theft. Yeah, he might have a pretty negative reaction to that. Yeah. You think about this and you sort of look out the window. There's a great view of the Brindlewood Bay Harbor. You can see the, the sun starting to go down. You're catching maybe the last full rays of the daylight. Pretty soon people might be having to roll the night move. Go ahead and roll. All right. Um, am I rolling plus anything? Yeah. What would you, this might be a, a vitality Could it be or composure. Yeah. Trying to be sneaky about it. Yeah. Go so ahead and roll. Yeah. Roll with composure. Um, so that's, that's two nat ones. Oh my. So you have an option at this point with the day move. You can certainly get that diamond earring 
but you're pretty sure that if you do, he will see you. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. you have a choice. You can go ahead and get it, or you can back off. Uh, yeah, um, knowing how badly my chances are, if I can back off, I'm going to back off. So there was a moment where you sort of leaned forward and like, oh, I see that. And he kind of turns back to you and smiles right when you would have been reaching for it. I smile says, back. You sure I can't I can't get you anything? How about a ham sandwich? Oh, I'm I'm fine. I just okay. ate a, I, I ate a bunch of delightful scones not too long ago. That'll be all, Mr. Andrew. And he hits the black button. Georgie and Bertie, you have left the formal dining area and you are making your way towards the library. Yes. So these hallways are a little bit narrow as they as they would be on any kind of nautical vessel. You pass the bathroom on your right. You pass the galley door on your left and you can hear someone moving around in there, maybe opening a refrigerator, clinking around. And you come to the door for the library. And as you open it up, you can see that this room is actually empty. But there are a number of very comfy chairs in here. And there's wall-to-wall bookshelves. Uh, there are a couple of windows that let in some great natural light. Oh, it looks like the sun is beginning to set now. What would you like to do here in this library? I think because... I personally was overwhelmed by the opulence of this yacht. I have gotten quite turned around, and I think I want to try to orient myself in terms of like, okay, if I'm standing in the library, is the Sky Lounge above us? Does the galley connect to it? Trying to figure out where exactly everything is situated before I go looking for the emergency buttons. You don't have to roll for this, but you take a moment to sort of soak it back in. It looks like you might be below the captain's bridge here, and probably you're above some of the sleeping quarters on the lower deck. And you can see the intercom over on the side. Looks like there's a, a laptop plugged in, though it's closed, over on a table. I'm going to go open that laptop. I was going to say, do we want to be sneaky? <laughs> I, I mean, it's a murder investigation. I think that we need to open this laptop. I think so. I think I it's think our so. duty yes. as consultants. Yes. I mean, we were, Fern gave us permission, so we're within our rights. <laughs> she literally did blanket permission for the rest of forever because she didn't just say for this particular escapade. Oh. I, let me reorient myself with that. Yeah. <laughs> that perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is not going to bite her in the ass. I promise. Georgie, it sounds like you would like to meddle. Yes. I believe I will be using reason because uh, studying books, researching a problem, examining a crime scene, or otherwise engaging their mental faculty. I don't know, kind of opening up a laptop and po- trying to poke around files. You're just going to open the laptop and start clicking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I have one of these contraptions at home. Bertie, are you looking over Georgie's shoulder or are you doing something else at this time? I guess I'm just poking around, being nosy. Like, if there are any books that are on the table, like, pick them up. Or any that seem super out of place where they are. Or if they were, like, put back in a hurry. Anything that just seems, like, less lived in and more, like, panic-induced movement. Go ahead and roll. That is a seven. I am looking through photos through the photo library is the first place I would head. You open up the photo folder and it looks like there are a number of photos in here. It looks like maybe someone has downloaded their phone. And as you look through... Everyone seems very cheerful. Everyone in this family seems very happy. And maybe there's a moment where you think, oh, these all seem fairly normal. These all seem like uh, like typical pictures. But you notice that the trash can looks like it has uh, a number of things in it to be discarded. And you click on that and you see dozens and dozens more family photos with multiple angry expressions. Some of them are in the middle of the father yelling at some of the kids, yelling at the wife, and then there are the kids yelling 
looking angry. There's even one uh, that shows Amanda throwing something at Albert. Someone put them into the trash can and did not recycle the trash can. Who's not in the photos? These photos have the two parents, David, the son, and the youngest daughter, Emily, though you have not met her yet. The oldest daughter is in a number of the happy family photos, but she is not in any of the ones in the trash can. So no butler, no older daughter in the angry photos. Mm -hmm. I take out my phone and I take some pictures of the pictures. And then I open an unbefore-created text thread with Renette and Birdie, and I do a little magnifying glass emoji, and then I drop a couple of angry fo- of the angry family photos in, and I send it. So Birdie, as Georgie has her back to you, and you hear clicking, 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 where are you in this room? What are you tending to? I'm... Again, being nosy, looking through the books, if anything is, like, lopsided, uh, just, like, briefly checking in the trash cans to see if there's anything else in there. Just in general, meddling and nitpicking and seeing if there's anything for me. Can you roll the meddling move? And also, in between that, I managed to um, send three trash can emojis the angry face that has the, like, curse bar in front of the mouth, an emoji of a camera, and then a question mark, and then a magnifying glass. And then I start snooping. That is a nine plus something. I would presume either reason or composure. I don't know why composure, but I just, I'm looking for anything that seems, like, out of place. I'm keeping my cool, level-headed... Just trying to, like, perceive anything by being in the space, putting myself in the shoes, walking around very criminal line style. It sounds like composure. You're being very reserved. You're being very cautious at this point. Yes. So that would be both reason and composure are uh, plus one. So that would be ten. Perhaps one of the things that you, you do at first with uh, maintaining your composure is sort of glancing over some of these bookshelves. And as you start to look a little bit closer at these books, the first thing you see is like, oh, this row is all encyclopedias. This role is more reference, dictionaries, thesaurus. Okay. And as you sort of look around at these books a little more carefully, you can see that these are all very boring books. Someone wanted to stock a library, but these are not books that anybody would read. Oh my God. That's so boring. Except for over on that second shelf near the window, there is an older book with nothing on the spine. Very brown, worn leather. I picked that shit up. I'm ready. You take it off the shelf and right away this book feels a little strange. feels a little different. And as you start to flip through it, you see that the middle of it has all been cut out and there is a very small handgun inside this book oh hey georgie yes i very carefully only have my hands on like the book part i'm like uh there's a gun in here i mean don't touch it put it down i'm I'm touching the book it's fine (laughs) georgie walks over to get a better look don't touch it (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know much about guns. I, I don't know if there's a way for us to tell just by looking at it if it's been used recently or handled. Like, was the book pretty dusty? Is or any gunpowder residue? Yeah, like... Well, it sounds like you both maybe lean in very closely <laughs> without touching the gun, but you get, you, you're almost ear to ear, leaning in, squinting at this handgun. I inhale. With a, <laughs> yeah. Gunpowder? Yes. And y- you both inhale deeply and can smell just a touch of gunpowder coming from this mother of pearl inlay on the handle. It kind of tastes like how, how pencils used to taste. Like, not actually, because I know it's like actual gunpowder, but like, it reminds me of like being in school and like chewing on a pencil. You know what I mean? I like, do like, know not what you those mean. like. Not those like clicky ones that they have, but like a mm-hmm. good number two pencil, a wooden yes. pencil. You know what I mean? Yes. That's anyway, right. so this has been loaded and it's definitely been shot. 
Georgie takes a picture of it. <laughs> and both of you can hear from the hallway sounds of a door closing and a footstep coming. I put it back, I put it back. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as it is back on the shelf, the door opens and a young woman, oh, this must be the youngest daughter, Emily, opens the door, steps in and looks very surprised to see two strangers here in her yacht. Excuse me? Who are you? We're consultants with Deputy Fern. We actually were looking for you and your your sister as well, because Deputy Fern is looking to conduct interviews. It's a nice library. Lots of dictionaries. It's a ridiculous library. It's kind of bad. I'm sorry. I, I, I shouldn't have lied to you when I said that. I was trying to be polite. This is my father's idea of a library. Mm-hmm. He's never read a book in his life. And she sort of pauses, not responding to you right away. Because as she looks over at her computer, she can see that the screen is up. And she crosses right to it and closes the laptop. Yes, okay. It's time for me to talk to the police, I suppose. And they'll learn exactly what I know, which is nothing. Where should I go? You can follow us, or if you'd like to wait here... Instead, we can have Deputy Fern come here. We just need you to locate everyone, uh, know where they are, so it makes it a little bit more of a streamlined process. Because I'm sure you don't want to be on here on this um, yacht for any longer than you have to. Yeah, I'd like to get back to school. Missing school. a week of class because father said, take a, take a week off of school and come on out. So the first oh. week of the semester, and here I am. Yes, as soon as we can get this finished, then I would love to put it all behind me. How about what this? You... I'll, I'll just wait here. I'll wait here. Just tell the police officer to come and find me here. This is where I will be. Sure. I mean, um, if we really want to st- streamline this, uh, since we're consultants, we can just take the interview ourselves and then just give her the notes at the end and then it'll be all fine. 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 Go Great. ahead. Ask me. I don't care. Georgie? Ask me. G- Georgie, you want to weigh in? Yes, well, first of all, my dear, I'm so sorry for your loss. You must be feeling all kinds of emotions right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. I I can see that you're also frustrated, and, you know, maybe you just want to talk a little bit about how you're feeling right now and get some of that out so that we can have a more organized conversation after. So just... No, I don't want to... I'm not going to talk about what I'm feeling all right. Um, then can you tell me about last night? I think you mean two nights ago. Oh, sorry. Two nights ago. Yes. So you're the you're with the police, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. It was two nights ago. No, my father was creating drama like he normally does. And I had enough of it. And I went to bed around 1130 and everyone was still awake arguing. I just went to bed and that was all. So I don't know what happened. He was drunk at the time. I assumed that he kept drinking and fell off the railing. Um, but you were still there when the arguing began, yes? Yes. What yes. were you arguing about? <sighs> okay. My father. How about I just say it was family business? Okay. It was private family business. That's all. And then he got drunk and then he fell off the boat. Then that's probably what happened. Probably. Why do you say that? Uh, well, what else would have happened? I don't know. You said he was he was very drunk. Did he do that? Was that a common occurrence or just for the oh, yes. not party? Yes. Uh, once the sun starts to go down, the bottles come out. Right. And that was not anyone else's prerogative on the ship. I'm sorry, the yacht. Are you asking if, if I drink? Sure. 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 Yes. Not like my father did. So that sounds like probably the end of the questions. He was drunk. I went to bed. He fell off the boat. I don't care. You don't care. I'm halfway through my master's. And if I want to get into a good PhD program, I shouldn't be missing the first week of school. I'm anxious. I'm nervous. I have my whole future in front of me. And once again, he's doing whatever he can I just want to, I just want this to be over and I just want to go back to school. That is so understandable. Um, it sounds like he, he sort of threw wrenches and things for you fairly often then. Yeah. Especially yeah. the first week of school. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Why even? 
Why what even? What are you studying? Tell tell me. What's what are you getting your master's in? Well, I have my bachelor's in uh, in European history. It was a oh. double major. It was a European history, and then um, uh, Russian accounting. That was a double major, and oh. then I'm I'm getting my master's. It's actually a double master's in um, Japanese architecture. Wow. As well as Spanish language literature, and if that all goes well. Then probably med school, I guess. I don't know for my PhD. You are so worldly. That's incredible. So, do Thank you enjoy you. travel as well? I mean, obviously, when you're not at school. No, I hate it. I hate oh. it. Oh, I'm not a traveler. I just is this part of this is what police ask? Are you a traveler? We're just. I was just to trying to be sense. polite. Yeah. You know, it's it. It's it can be very daunting, daunting yeah. to have like question after question after question about the thing. You know, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable any more than this situation has has likely made you. I do have to ask, though, you must have been spending quite some time in the library to keep up on your studies, of course, knowing that you're missing a week of mm-hmm. class mm-hmm. of classes. Do you know why the alarm was set off in the library several, several nights ago? Oh, um, no. No, I don't. The alarm had gone off multiple times before the accident. Were you aware of any of those triggers or do you know who might have set them off? No, it's probably my mom. She is the worst with electronics. She doesn't understand technology. If someone says, don't push the red button, she pushes the red button. That's my mom. That's my mom in a nutshell. Don't push the button, she pushes the button. Oh, man. Those button pushers. (laughs) Are we done? Georgie, are we done? I can't think of anything else to ask. Well, I'll be here. And she sits down, turns her back on the two of you. Great. Uh, do you happen to know where your, your elder sister might be? Nope, I don't care. Okay. Great. Thank you for discussing that with us. Okay, bye. Okay. I give Georgie a look as, as we're walking out. I'm just kind of like a, what the fuck? Thank you for joining us for part one of Dad Overboard. Come back in two weeks for part two, the thrilling conclusion. The new episode next week will be continuing our campaign, Whence It Left Off. We also have two more bonus episodes to celebrate the Brindlewood Bay Kickstarter campaign. Fully funded in 11 minutes, $100,000 in 24 hours. Yowzers. Have a good week. Talk to you later. Manikin of manslaughter. The mannequin of manslaughter. Why am I going into Imogen? Okay. Um, I don't know, but it's fine. (laughs) Get that out. Get that out. (laughs) Renette is Irish now. No. (laughs) No, she actually didn't develop her uh, New York accent until uh, like January. Until uh, December. Oh, I see. Um, It was a New Year's resolution to not be Irish anymore. (laughs) She went through several, you know, like hundred years of history overnight and went, you know. Yeah, she's an ancient being. Yeah. Not. <laughs> okay, no, I, I need to be Renette. Uh, but yeah, The Mannequin of Manslaughter is a great, uh, one of my favorite oh. books of, uh, it, of the Amanda Delacourt. I like that one. I like that one. I'm writing it down. No two flexies. Well, let's, um, let's continue to think as we do our introductions. Okay. Um, Jonah hates it. Um, well Christina says to you Flossie Flossie (laughs) that betrayal betrayal oh my god Christina's my favorite student she can't call one of us Flossie this is the moment the Bernie's character arc starts she's at her (laughs) lowest right now it is only up from here